Hi and welcome. I'm Mish Bondizio and this is Creating Cadence, a podcast for life and work in motion. This is the start of season two of the podcast, and our topic in this episode is patience. Why we no longer have a willingness to wait, the influence that patience has on our connection, focus, and well being, and how we can rebuild our ability to pause. Before we dive in, I wanted to give new listeners a bit of background on me, your host. Aside from podcasting, I'm a business performance coach, consultant, and the founder of Growth Sessions which is my learning platform for individuals and small teams working in creative and digitally focused workplaces. The aim of my work is to help people to develop more mindful approaches to work that better support their creativity, productivity and well-being. You can find out more about me and what I do at growthsessions.co. This Creating Cadence podcast is an accompaniment to my mission to help people activate more of their potential, both in themselves and in their businesses. It's a place where I share thoughts, ideas, tips, tricks and the latest research to help you develop a better work-life cadence. If you want to understand the concept of cadence in more depth, please have a listen to episodes 1 and 2 from the first season. A reminder too that I'm recording this podcast at home during the third lockdown. It's raining today, which elevates the sound of passing traffic, so you may hear it in the background, along with other random noises from outside like seagulls, and my neighbours going about their day. So let's dive into this episode and the idea of patience. A while back, I found myself getting tetchy and irritated on a Zoom call. I became agitated as it felt like the person speaking was taking far too long to get to the point. And in my mind, I had so much to do, and this delay on the call was keeping me from doing it. They were just a slow speaker and actually had very good and important things to say, and the reality was that my impatience was totally unwarranted. Realising that the next words out of my mouth were probably going to be unreasonably uppity, I gave myself a mental talking to and made myself pause. I then chose to calm down and slow down, so that I could give this person the time that they deserved. At the time, the real reason I was getting impatient was more because it was one more thing I had to do online. After the call, when I sat down to contemplate any other incidences in which I might be displaying impatient behaviours, I discovered that there were many. A key reason we're getting more impatient is because our engagement with a digitally focused life has made us so. The pace of technology and the speed of our tools has warped our relationship with time. Coupled with that, in this time of COVID, every day feels like Monday, So it's no wonder that some of us are finding that our patience is totally shot to shit. The time in our days now gets chopped up into a myriad of little slices, with the sense that there's so much to do and not enough time to do it. Also, we're always on and always online, and have things coming at us from all sides. The speed and deluge of information is ruining our ability to wait. In an article for Nautilus by Chelsea Wald, she says... Slow things drive us crazy because the fast pace of society has warped our sense of timing. Patience is a virtue that's been vanquished in the Twitter age. 
It seems our sense of time has become discombobulated and our expectations of what's reasonable are being violated. When our inner needs and our outer experiences aren't met, there's a disconnect. The delays create annoyance and frustration, anger and even rage because our physiological survival mechanisms are being triggered. We're losing track of time because of the fast pace of living and it's wreaking havoc with our well-being, focus abilities and communication skills. Chelsea goes on to say in the article, The fast pace of society has thrown our internal timer out of balance. It creates expectations that can't be rewarded fast enough or rewarded at all. When things move more slowly than we expect, our internal timer even plays tricks on us, stretching out the weight, summoning anger out of proportion to the delay. So we have to find ways to redevelop our willingness to wait and to rebuild a better sense of time. Improving our patient skills needs to support, empower and enfranchise us. This is especially important during this current COVID groundhog mashup. Because time is so liminal and outcomes are uncertain and ever-changing, the future can feel untangible or sometimes even totally out of reach. But we still have work to do, so we still need to find ways to crack on. In another article, Jason Farnham writes, When we imagine productive time, time being used wisely, time being used well, waiting is contrary to all of that. If you make me wait, you're limiting my ability to be successful in this life. Other people control our time in a way that makes us feel powerless. We don't feel in control. So how do we take better control of time and rebuild our patient skills in the process? Here's a few thoughts and resources to help. I'll also be sharing links in the show notes to the articles and quotes I refer to in this episode. The first thing we can do to look at rebuilding patient skills and better control our sense of time is to define our schedule. In this day and digital age, the work that most of us now do requires us to be both managers and makers. What I mean by that is that we have to do both creative and reactive types of work. But do you work according to a maker's schedule or a manager's schedule? Or is it a hybrid of both? This idea of maker and manager schedules was first proposed in a 2009 essay by Paul Graham of Y Combinator. This concept is explored further in an excellent article by Shane Parrish of Farnham Street. I'll share the link in the show notes. Basically, a manager's time is broken up into lots of tiny slots, with accompanying distractions and interruptions. A maker's schedule, in comparison, is usually made up of bigger blocks of time for focused, deep and uninterrupted work. If you're trying to do maker work using a manager's schedule, you're setting yourself up to fail. As Shane says in his article, from Paul Graham's distinction between makers and managers, we can learn that doing creative work or overseeing other people does not necessitate certain habits or routines. It requires consideration of the way that we structure our time. Also relating to your schedule, what quantity of time are you spending working and doing that work online? Too much doesn't help our patients' skills or our well-being. Studies have found that after 40 to 50 hours of work in a week, our productivity and focus takes a massive nosedive. So remember to step away as part of your schedule and do so regularly. Another way to get on top of what's making you impatient is to consider the cost of interruptions. 
there's a difference in the types of interruptions we face daily and how they help or hinder us. Taking a short break from your work to drink water, stretch or pet the dog actually supports your focus and is good for your well-being. But needing to change the type of work you do at a moment's notice to deal with someone else's need or inquiry does not support your focus or your creativity. In this case, the cost of interruption is higher than you think as it takes a good deal of time to get over the attention residue of that interruption so you can return to focusing fully on what you were doing beforehand. We're paying attention to things all day long. We're addicted to our devices and addicted to staying connected. Cal Newport calls it being connected to the hyperactive hive mind. That's the endless stream of communication coming at you which you think you need to be on standby to listen in on or you'll miss out. This need to be connected to the hive mind is an entrenched organisational behaviour which is detrimental to actually getting anything done. And it's a big contributor to why our patience is also in tatters. The third way that you can build your willingness to wait more is to create the space you need. We don't like being alone with our thoughts. It's too uncomfortable. So we fill our time with stuff that distracts us. However, we've got big global problems that need solving. And when we crowd out our thinking time with constant input, that doesn't give us a lot of time to come up with good solutions. So how do we create the space we need? Quoting Jason Farnham, he says, Boredom, daydreaming and waiting activate a part of the brain called the default network, which is often referred to as the imagination network. So we need to find ways to stay open to novel ways of thinking and doing. We can choose to build more pauses for daydreaming and boredom into our days, into our schedules and into our workflow. It's also been found that having more freedom, privacy and autonomy on our working day enables us to develop deeper thought practices. This is especially important for people with introvert tendencies, of which I am one. I'm going to share a link to Susan Cain's TED Talk on the topic for those who want to dive deeper. Creativity and innovation have been found to be critical to developing leadership competency, but they can be stifled by rigid systems and processes. In companies with teams, consider how you can relax or adapt your systems and processes to better support creativity and innovation. And if you're working from home, that means making time whilst working to truly be alone. What I mean by that is including decent chunks of time in your workday to work asynchronously disconnected from outside communication. That's email, video calls, online chat, phones, and any kind of interruption. Anything that distracts you from getting your shit done. Remember, laser focus comes at a price. It takes time, and it requires setting boundaries. The fourth point connects our lack of patience to procrastination. Think about what motivates you to take action. It's common to think that we need to feel like we want to take action before we'll actually get started on doing something. But it's actually the taking action bit that builds the motivation to continue with the task. Procrastination affects everyone and it's usually an emotional response to stress. But our feelings, including feeling impatient, are made up by our brain to decipher what it thinks is happening in our world. And sometimes they can be unreliable. The emotions we feel about doing something are often not the real reason why we shouldn't do something. And yet our thoughts about a perceived situation can be so powerful that they can stop us in our tracks. This is not ideal when we have a deadline. 
So what types of productivity practices can help you to get your jobs done, especially when procrastination makes you lose time and patience? Personally, I find I get more done when there's a promotion focus to an activity. What's the reward for doing the task? It means I'm motivated by the thought of making gains and being in a better off situation because I do the work. This kind of focus requires me to be optimistic in my thinking, which I'm all for. But if I'm struggling with anxiety, which does happen, this can undermine my motivation and prevent me from taking action. So another way of getting things done is to be motivated by prevention. This means we focus on doing the work to avoid getting punished or losing what we already have. It's a type of thinking that's enhanced by anxiety as we worry about what might go wrong if we don't do the work. It actually works as a method, but it's not ideal because to me, it feels too negative. Another way to help you take action is to consider if-then planning. That essentially means having a go-to plan, deciding in advance what steps to take, where and when, so that you don't deliberate when the time comes. Researchers found that this type of planning can double or triple our rates of goal attainment and productivity. And knowing what the next steps are can help us execute them in a calm, patient and orderly fashion. Incidentally, procrastination was also the theme of episode 7 of the Creating Cadence podcast. You can check out the link to that in the show notes if you want to dive deeper on the topic. The fifth way that we can improve our patience is to do the pre-work. Our sense of time is also calibrated by our circadian rhythms. Our circadian rhythms control and synchronize every single little cell in our body, so that our bodies function in time with the Earth's rotation. Here's a fun fact, circadian rhythms are actually found in most terrestrial organisms. Stress and cortisol levels have a direct impact on our circadian rhythms. And disrupted circadian rhythms can affect our sleep patterns, cause inflammation in the body, and lead to poor immune function. If we're not doing the work to support our minds and our bodies, then we can't function at our best when we need to do the paid or proper work. So building strong self-care foundations is essential to supporting our focus and well-being. These activities also help to create space and time, which in turn helps with our patience skills. Here's a few simple practices that can help to create pause. Work on getting 8 hours of decent sleep. Soften your lighting at least an hour before bed and try to keep your sleep and wake times regular so that your body gets used to waking up without relying on that alarm clock that's on that crack cocaine we call a phone. Mindfulness, meditation and gratitude practices can also help with impatient minds and in my book they are superpowers. That's because they help us to be more accepting of and at peace with the present moment that we're in without trying to change what's happening in it. In particular, if you work on developing a conscious breathing practice, you will notice a massive difference in how you deal with situations. When I'm doing regular breathwork practices, I find it helps me to feel calmer, less stressed, more level, and definitely more patient. As you rebuild your ability to pause and be more patient, remember to have patience with yourself too. Reclaiming our ability to wait is a process and it takes practice. So be kind, but remember to show up. In this season, I'm introducing a Q&A element to some of my episodes, so if you have a question relating to productivity, well-being, or the challenges you're experiencing, or even the solutions that you've found to balancing work and personal responsibilities in this time of COVID, 
then please do submit them to me. You can write to hello at growthsessions.co. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be patient, be brave, think big, and keep moving one step at a time. Take care and bye for now.